Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. As always, my name is Mung Sung. Hey listeners, it's uh it's the Los again, week seven, almost all wrapped up. Um Lots to talk about, but at the same time, uh, not a ton to talk about. Sort of, uh, for the most part, what we thought was going to happen is what 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 happened this week, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, before we jump into the week seven recaps, uh, I just wanted to mention real quick: we are recording this Monday night, and it looks like John Brown is active, so we will see how he does against the porous Baltimore secondary. Hope you had him in your lineup. <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping for a big day from Brown because I'm actually facing uh, someone who has Floyd and Fitzgerald in one of my leagues. Oh boy, I'm hoping for a big day because I I I need him to have a big day. I won't go into I won't bore people with the details. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the recap of the Thursday night game then. Seattle at San Francisco, and this one went uh, basically exactly how we assumed it would. Um, the 49ers this year just, ugh, they, they're struggling. And uh, Carlos Hyde did virtually nothing, uh, whether it was the foot issue or whether it was just them uh, falling behind and not really using him much. Uh, 11 for 40 on the ground. Um, certainly not, not a great night for Hyde's fantasy owners. Um, Reggie Bush, uh, I, I actually thought that he might have some PPR value uh, early in the season. He got three catches for 13 yards here, but he's... Um, He's a wide, or excuse me, a running back five, or, you know, you're just not starting him outside of the deepest of deep leagues. I expected Seattle to win. I did not expect them to beat them by 17 and hold them to under 150 yards of total offense. That was just crazy. Um, Seattle did exactly what they were supposed to. Uh, good defense against a not great team should shut them down. I mean, that that's that's what we were saying. Yeah, you know, the curious thing here is that Colin Kaepernick, uh, zero rushing yards um that was definitely interesting to see i don't know if it was just that they didn't want him to run or what's going on with uh you know that 49ers offense but uh, certainly not great uh because a lot of his fantasy value does come from his rushing yeah hopefully you weren't starting him uh, he probably didn't he probably didn't want to cross the line of scrimmage the entire legion of boom was waiting for him on the other side so he did the smart thing uh i live to fight another day kid yeah, and on the receiving end, uh, Vernon Davis, four for 61. Certainly interesting, but uh, I'm not trusting it unless no, I... Oh, not at all. I see a few more games. Uh, you know, Bolden and uh, Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith got shadowed by Sherman, so he did, you know, nothing. But uh, you yeah. certainly weren't expecting a whole lot uh, against Seattle anyway. Um, onto the Seattle side, though. Russell Wilson, 235, one touchdown and two picks. Uh, did have seven for 20 on the ground. He's, uh, you know, he's still a, a QB one. Uh, he's going to have, you know, some of these games just simply because the passing volume isn't there sometimes. But, uh, you know, you're not worried if you're a Wilson owner. No, he's going to need to improve if you want to get the value that you're expecting, drafting him as your number three, number four quarterback. But you're still not benching him for anybody else. Uh, he he needs to cut back on these interceptions. But, you know, what what can you do from there? Um, in terms of the rushing game, Marshawn Lynch was Marshawn Lynch, 120 plus yards on the ground, touchdown, 27 touches. Um, Thomas Rawls to me still is a must own handcuff. You're not putting him in your lineups. It's, it's not a committee backfield or anything, but if you're a Lynch owner, you, you pretty much need to own Rawls. 
Yeah, I mean, again, for me, it depends on, you know, how shallow or deep your bench spots are. For me, in, in a league where I only have five bench spots, uh, I did drop Rawls. Uh, it all depends on your needs. Certainly, uh, if you're a Lynch owner and you're not hurting at any other position, it uh, doesn't hurt to hold Rawls. Um, right, definitely. And Tyler Lockett here, finally getting some love. Uh, gotta, gotta love that he actually led the team in targets this week. Um, you know, five for seventy. Excuse me, five for seventy-nine and a touchdown. Caught all five of his targets. Um, again, not not quite on the on the fantasy radar yet, just because of the low passing volume. But certainly, I think he's the most talented receiver there. Uh, probably a wide receiver four. Definitely, guy we've been hyping up. Guy that we like in a dynasty. Young, talented uh, kid. He showed what he can do on a long ball on that uh, on that big touchdown play. Um, to me, this guy is is nearly almost every week. He runs through my head as a uh, as a potential good play in uh, DFS. He's super cheap and he's high potential. Yeah, and on the flip side here, uh, Jimmy Graham, uh, two for thirty one on five targets. Uh, this is the Jimmy Graham that we're going to see. He's going to have some big games like he did against Carolina, and he's going to have some terrible games like this. Uh, he's basically a mid-end tight end one where you have the upside, but you also have a, a slightly lower floor than before. Yeah, probably not benching him just for sheer potential and name value, um, but, you know, just tamper your expectations. Yeah, and obviously the Seattle defense and Hauschka, you know, you're you're starting those guys. Um, anything else about this game you want to talk about? No, nothing really. Uh, Doug Baldwin, don't, don't, don't believe in him. He's, he's mediocre. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, we've certainly heard enough about you and uh, your your hatred of Doug Baldwin. So just thought I just thought I'd throw it in again, like, you know, <laughs> just to reiterate. Uh, exactly. Um, so moving on to the London game, um, Buffalo and Jacksonville. Here we saw last week EJ Manuel actually did pretty well against the Bengals, and this week he turned back into a pumpkin. Uh, 298, <laughs> two touchdowns and two picks. Uh, it actually didn't end as poorly as it could have. Uh, he did, you know, get better as the game progressed, but uh, certainly the Bills uh, will be happy to get Tyrod Taylor back after their bye week, it sounds like. Yeah, it was amazing to me just exactly how much EJ Manuel dictated the entire pace of this game. Um, he was turning the ball over like it was his job. He gave the game to the Jaguars. It fell completely out of hand. Then he got his act together. They were running the ball a little better. He got the ball, uh, you know, downfield through some touchdowns. They got back into it. And then uh, Bortles finally, at the end of the day, put together a, a nice little drive to uh, cap, cap the comeback. Or, uh, yeah, comeback. Yeah, it seemed like both teams were actively trying to lose this game. Um, but certainly uh, you're, you're happy to, to see that uh, Tyrod Taylor is expected back after the bye if you're a McCoy owner or if you own uh, you know, Sammy Watkins. If he gets, uh, gets back healthy after the bye, uh, certainly uh, this offense is missing uh, that big piece in its receiving core. Um, McCoy, to me, he's, he's still a high-end running back too right now simply because the volume is there. They, they certainly uh, want to be a run-first team, and that, that's how Rex Ryan has always wanted his offenses to operate. Where would you equate uh, Carlos Williams? Is he is he a flex starter? Is he a starter when McCoy's on the field? Yeah, I, I see it a, a little bit as that, um, you know, the DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews situation. Uh, it's, well, it, with the caveat that uh, that situation, I think Matthews actually deserves a lot more touches. But in this case, I think Carlos Williams yeah, yeah. is going to get some goal line looks. Um, but the majority of it is going to be LaShawn McCoy. I, I think exactly what, what you said is is pretty accurate. Uh, Carlos Williams, when back healthy, 
uh, for me, just the flex and then McCoy and RB2. Okay, so uh, don't drop him. He, he holds value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we did like to see that LaShawn McCoy getting more involved in the passing game as well. Two, two catches for 36 yards on four targets. And Robert Woods here really with the big game, uh, nine for 84 and a touchdown. I, I, he does have that speed and agility. He just seems to get banged up a lot. Uh, if you're desperate, I, I think he's a wide receiver for flyer. He you know does have that uh, potential. I think all bets are off once Tyron Taylor gets back on the field i think when he gets back on there charles clay retains a little more value i think the rest of the receivers sort of uh equilibrate themselves yeah but if if i had to pick one it would definitely be woods over anybody else not e- not easily <laughs> no i i do think that woods uh gets the biggest target uh share of that entire receiving core and that's going to continue whether it's ej Manuel or tyrod taylor yeah i can't disagree with you but uh unless i'm amazingly desperate i'm not touching any of them Sure. Um, so Blake Bortles here also turning back into a pumpkin after a, a pretty hot start <laughs> fantasy wise, at least to his season. Um, we've certainly seen the ups and the downs and we, we saw the downs here. He's still an interesting uh, high end quarterback, too, for me, though, matchup dependent. Certainly going to see plenty of garbage time stats due to that poor Jacksonville defense, which actually played pretty well this game. Yeah, not a terrible showing considering he was playing against that Buffalo Rex Ryan defense. Yeah, but uh, on the other hand, here they they're running uh, they're running a lot more to kind of help Bortles out, and that's certainly beneficial to TJ Yeldon. I don't know why they're trotting out Gerhard on some carries. Uh, you know, just because he's a bigger guy doesn't mean he's more effective in those short yarded situations. And I think they're starting to see that though. Uh, to me, TJ Yeldon is an every week start now, uh, without without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I think the main the main problem here is just going to be, uh, you know, whether he gets uh, kind of game scripted out of certain games due to them being down so much. Even such a uh, uh, good yard per carry average uh, when when they got the ball back in his hands is when they got the game back in their control. Yeah, I just, you know, again, it's sort of like a Lamar Miller situation before thereby, you know, are they going to use him, uh, you know, correctly if they are down big? Will they, you know, kind of will they commit to that run game? Sure. Florida, the misused running back state. <laughs> yeah, that should be their new state motto there. I um, thought it always was. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alan Robinson, so far uh, on the season, he's a mid end wide receiver one, six for 98 and a touchdown this game, led the team in targets. Uh, you know, I think this continues. Uh, I, I, I don't know if he finishes the season as a wide receiver one, but certainly. Uh, a very, very good wide receiver, too, even if he doesn't. Um, it's just so much volume there. Yeah, all of his drafters are very happy to have him. Um, even Alan Hearns, despite only two targets at the end of the game, he uh, maintained his own value, which he's been very solid if you've been starting him through this season. Uh, and I have in some leagues, but uh, certainly that it was a beautiful catch. at the, It was the game-winning touchdown, actually, where he kinda yep. had to... Uh, or Bortles threw across his body and Hearns just kind of snatched out of the air right before he fell out of bounds. Um, yeah, very so, athletic play. I couldn't do it. Yeah, and, and Hearns <laughs> is still a, a wide receiver too on the season. Again, I don't I don't know if he finishes there, but I, I certainly think he's a pretty solid wide receiver three. Gives you a pretty good shot at a touchdown at every given week. Absolutely. Um, Julius Thomas here, uh, pretty disappointing after a hot start after his you know, first first game back, one for four on, or excuse me, one for four yards on five targets. Um, where, where do you have him in your tight end rankings? 
to me, he's he's in that low end of the tight end one ranks. Uh, I'm not going out of my way to start him over anybody. I'm not going out of my way to trade for him or anything. But if I happen to own him, um, and if it's a good matchup, then he's mine. Most definitely, he needs to be owned. Yeah, definitely uh, agree with that. Uh, I, I think he is going to be in that tier where uh, he'll have his good games and all of his bad, as we've seen here. Um, okay, so let's move on then to Tampa Bay at Washington. Uh, big, big, uh, big days here for both Jameis Winston and Kirk Cousins. Um, certainly a very exciting game to watch, uh, a last-second comeback. Uh, and actually, that brings us to our Gillette Close Shave of the Week, uh, brought to you by Gillette, the best a man can get. Uh, with his team down six points uh, and just over two minutes remaining in the game, uh, Washington quarterback Kirk Cousins led his team 75 yards down the field, uh, completed nine passes of his 11 attempts, and he finished the drive with a six-yard touchdown pass to tight end Jordan Reed, uh, recently back off his uh, concussion protocol. And Cousins finished the day with 317 passing yards, three touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Get your close shave like Kirk, Kirk, excuse me, Kirk Cousins with Gillette Razors. You can pay less than $5 for a month of shaves with Gillette's Shave Club. Join now at no cost and get exclusive rewards. So uh, Kirk Cousins here, we've seen that, uh, again, he's going to give you those zero touchdowns, two interception days, but you know he's also got a very high ceiling depending on the matchup. Yeah, this was not a very good Tampa defense that he was playing against. I know that as a Bears fan. I know how well Lovey Smith can uh, can put together mediocre players to not perform very well. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 300 yards, three touchdowns. The key to this game was Jordan Reed being on the field, though. The connection that the two of them have. Um, Jordan Reed, 11 receptions off 13 targets, two touchdowns. What a great day. Great, great day on it for a great player. He just needs to stay healthy. Yeah, and again, that's that's always been the only issue with Reed is health. Uh, when he's on the field, he's doing great. Um, the, certainly, the entirety of this offense uh, flew, flowed through him. Um, the running game is basically unmentionable. There's nothing good to say about them. As for the rest of the receiving, Garcon, Grant, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, it's kind of a dart throw behind Reed. He is the leading receiver in all aspects. Yeah. Um, speaking of the running game, do you think they're going to switch it up a little bit? Uh, they are going into their bye week uh, now. Um, who do you think comes out on top here? Jones or Morris uh, getting the start? I think it's going to be Jones. Yeah, uh, and that would make the most sense. But at the same time, there have been reports that they're going to you know, kind of stick by Alfred Morris. So we'll, we'll have to see. I, I don't really trust either of them right now. I think it's especially when uh, Chris Thompson comes back too from his back injury. He was out this week. Uh, he's going to siphon away some of that PPR value from both of them. So kind of an yeah, ugly committee situation there. Yeah. Regardless, I don't own Jones owners. I don't envy Morris owners. I don't want any stock of these players on my team. I don't want the, but pretty much most of the, uh, it's pretty much true for the entire uh, FC East is I want no part of the backfield. Yeah, and I think that it's time to fade Jameson Crowder a little bit. We were a little excited uh, for, about him out of the slot just because he was garnering a big share of targets. But now we've we've kind of seen Kirk Cousins likes to spread it around. Uh, Andre Roberts got six targets, Garcon got six, and Crowder got five. Um, and, and really, this is all without Deshaun Jackson, too. So when he comes back, I think all these receivers take a hit. 
But then again, on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers side, too, uh, Jameis Winston looking a lot better. Uh, he seems a little bit more confident in some of his throws. Of course, it is a terrible Washington secondary, uh, really banged up with injuries. Um, I, but Winston looking like, you know, he's his old fearless self, making some tight throws um, and really moving around the pocket well. Yeah, again, to me, I think this was a perfect storm for him, uh, for both he and Cousins, playing against two very poor defenses today i think washington was down four or five of their starting players that that's gonna that's gonna do that's gonna go far in terms of making Jameis winston look pretty darn good especially when you've got somebody as dominant as mike evans to throw the football too uh i loved that one play where he just whipped the court it got called uh offensive pass interference of course but he just chucked the corner out of the way it was like here no just give me the ball yeah, and I'm certainly not touting Winston as a, you know, every week fantasy starter, but I think this is exactly, you know, the kind of game that he needed coming out of there by, um, you know, getting some confidence. And really, uh, it seemed like he did start to gel with Mike Evans in this game. Um, and that certainly bodes well for Evans owners. Uh, had his biggest game of his season, uh, eight for 164 and a touchdown. And as you mentioned, almost had a second touchdown if they, uh, if they didn't flag him for that little push off in the end zone. Um, but I, I think Evans is a is a solid high end wide receiver too, if not more going forward. Absolutely, uh, Evans is exactly what we thought he was going into the season. He just needed the opportunity. He needed needs Winston to uh, get a little grip on himself, which I th- think, I, just like you said, um, Winston gains a little confidence here. He'll be able to uh, only improve the passing game going forward. Perfect for Evans and and hopefully for Jackson. Uh, that's an injury situation that needs monitoring going forward, but he definitely still has value. Yeah, and I was going to say, I think more so uh, also because Evans got the bye week to kind of get fully healthy because he was getting the targets before. It just seemed like he wasn't able to kind of, you know, rip it away or gain separation from uh, the defenders as he was able to last year with such force. Um, But certainly Jackson, uh, apparently just a hyper extension of the knee. We're not sure yet uh, what exactly it is, but it it sounds like it's not going to be, you know, season ending or a super long term injury, but he may miss a game or two. Um, so certainly I think Evans, Evans targets are about to just skyrocket right now. Yeah. The, nowhere to go, but up. Yeah. The, but also, you know, Winston losing Lewis Murphy too to an ACL tear, uh, it will be interesting to see who, who steps up opposite, uh, Evans simply because we don't want, uh, you know, the coverage going all over him. Um, you know, triple teams, uh, if there's no one else to really get those targets from Winston, but certainly whoever ends up starting isn't going to necessarily be fantasy relevant. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty sneaky big deal. They're going to hope for us and Safarian Jenkins to be able to get back on the field pretty soon. But if neither of those things can happen, I expect a little heavy, heavier workload to be filtered both towards uh, uh, Martin and Charles Sims. Yeah, and and again, you know, hopefully Jackson will be back simply to keep defenses honest, but certainly both backs looking good in this game. Martin, 136 yards, got tackled like inside the five-yard line, I believe, uh, was was close to getting a touchdown. Um, and then Charles Sims averaging 4.9 yards per carry here, um, and both of them getting some some work in the passing game. So certainly, I think uh, Sims is, is, is another one of those uh, handcuffs that has standalone value. Sure, I think there's stronger PPR backs that that you think of less, but he's definitely in the mix. Yeah, I, I do think that uh, assuming defenses can't just stack the box, Doug Martin's a, a low end running back one for me going forward. He's he's getting definitely, that workload definitely. Okay, 
So the next game we are going to discuss is going to be Atlanta at Tennessee, and just what a brutal game to watch. If you if you caught any of this game, I'm sorry that that was just terrible and boring to watch because both teams were doing poorly here. Um, Matt Ryan was disappointing, 22 of 38, just 251 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. I believe both were on tipped balls, so not necessarily his fault, but uh, certainly don't like to see that. Um, Matt Ryan, uh, I I do think he's still a fine low-end quarterback one, though. Yeah, you're not benching him. Sometimes you just go out there and throw a stinker. Uh, I think think a very definitive thing now, not, not that anybody's starting him anymore, but this is the exact sort of game where you would look for him to be able to try and lean on Roddy White, and Roddy White now has all but shown that he is... Obsolete as a fantasy option completely. Yeah, three for 48. Uh, again, we said uh, a few weeks back that you're certainly not rostering him. Uh, the, the upside is just not there. I think we've already seen his best game of the season. That was the one touchdown game. Um, again, yeah. sa- similarly for Jacob Tammy, three for 36. Just, you know, they're, they're good, or I, I suppose they're serviceable for Matt Ryan in terms of uh, from an NFL standpoint to keep the chains moving, but certainly nothing exciting to see in fantasy. Definitely. Maybe something out of Hankerson when, if he can come back 100% healthy. But also speaking of people that aren't getting quite the work that maybe some people are expecting coming uh, forward out of an injury or coming back to the team, Tevin Coleman did pretty much not. I mean, he, he had good uh, 4.7 yards per carry average, but they only looked to him three times this whole game. Yeah, I, I think he's one of those, uh, you know, must must own handcuffs uh, if you have Freeman I would actually go out and actively trade for him because if anything happens to Freeman I, I don't know that Coleman wouldn't miss a beat so to speak I do think the entire offense would suffer a little bit but Coleman certainly has the skills to, to keep him moving he would be an instant RB2 at the very least yeah do not start if Freeman's on the field but he is a must own handcuff yeah, I think what we're going to see with Coleman is he's going to have a random blow-up game the next time the Falcons, you know, are up 30 points or something, and then they just send Coleman out there and he rushes for 90 yards and a touchdown without anyone having started him. Of course. Um, so the last guy right here, uh, nothing to talk about really. Julio, 9 for 92 and a touchdown. He's he's back to being healthy. He looks good out there. Uh, he had another almost touchdown where he... They ended up taking it back and saying he was down at the half yard line, but he could have had another big, huge day instead of just this big day here. So certainly Julio, uh, you know, you're, you're not benching him. There's not much to say about that. I don't know what more you want me to say about him. Uh, potentially best wide receiver in the league. Yep. And uh, Tennessee, Zach Mettenberger, uh, no need to talk about him. Supposedly Mariota will be back next week. Um, Antonio Andrews leading uh, leading the way here, ten for fifty seven. Not a single carry from Bishop Sankey. Um, I, I'm I'm certainly not comfortable starting Andrews. I suppose if you're desperate, he could be a, a flex or a, a desperation RB two if you got to put him in that spot. But certainly nothing uh, nothing big there. Yeah, I, I'm gonna follow with a resounding so what. Yeah, well, once again, the the only guy I may be interested in is David Cobb, but. Even when he does come back in, I think, week 10 or 11, uh, he's going to come back to a pretty mediocre offense. So we'll see what he can do. But if you're, again, he's the only guy that I would maybe stash in that Tennessee backfield. Yeah, I think uh, this this would be the week to make a move on him. He's expected back week nine if he's coming back at all. Um, if you're trying to get him week eight, you're going to have to pay for him, uh, pay either by, by waiver or with some dollars. This week, you might be able to get away with paying zero for him. 
Yeah, and in terms of the receiving game, we've seen that, you know, Kendall Wright got the touchdown here, but the, the number one receiving target on this team is is clearly Delaney Walker, whether it's Mettenberger or Mariota throwing the ball. Uh, led the team in targets, uh, catches, and yards. I, I think he's the only one that I really want. Uh, maybe Kendall Wright or Doriel Green Beckham in a, in a very, very big pinch. We saw he kind of faded away in this game as well. Only two wide receivers that caught the ball at all in this game. Not very, uh, not very confident in Stilling. Yeah, but certainly uh, Mettenberger under center, uh, excuse me, under center didn't help uh, any of their causes. Um, Mariota coming back, he's still a you know QB two for me, matchup dependent. He'll have his big games and he'll have his bad games as well. Yeah, I think his own weapons and offense limit him, uh, limit the production you can expect out of him. Very, very matchup dependent. Um, okay, so the next game we're going to go into here is going to be New Orleans at Indianapolis. Um, well, what's going on with the Colts this year, man? I mean, this is not what anybody expected going into the season. Well, Andrew Luck has not found his rhythm. I, I think that shoulder is still bugging him. He's not looking as accurate. Now, granted, he found his rhythm late in that game. I don't know if, if they went, went and back and the defense just, just all took turns punching him in the face or something just to smack the silliness out of him. But, but he figured it out, and he started throwing the ball. And I mean, T.Y. Hilton found himself wide open. I mean, I could have hit him on, on one of those touchdowns. So I don't know. I don't know if Lux found his groove here. This was a very bad defense. Uh, it, I thought this was going to be what he needed, sort of like what Winston got. It, it sort of was, sort of wasn't, still threw two interceptions, still didn't look very good. I, as a Luck owner, I'm, I'm worried. But at the same time, if he gets down this big and has to throw the ball this much, I think he had like 25 points for me this week or something. Yeah, and by the way, quick game break here. Uh, Chris Johnson just scored a touchdown, a 26-yard run, uh, and uh, the Cardinals are up here, so good news for the Johnson owners here. Um, you and I are uh, are still doing all right. <laughs> um, yeah. So for the rushing side, also, uh, you know, Frank Gore, if, if this offense could actually get going. He's doing well. Um, he just isn't getting the looks because they're always playing from behind, it seems. Yep, game flow victim. If Luck can find his groove, that's a huge if at this point, it seems. But if Luck can find his groove, get them up early, Frank Gore will be a beast in the second half of the season. Yeah, and in terms of Ahmad Bradshaw, uh, you know, I picked him up in a bunch of leagues. Uh, he's probably a drop for me now. Um, we were hoping that he might get uh, a little bit more integrated into that offense as he was last year, but we've just seen that uh, the targets are spread around so much. And with Gore there, he you know he really doesn't get many carries either. One for five in this game, and then just one catch for eight yards as well. Um, I think unless you're really desperate, Bradshaw is droppable. If you can't trust solid performance out of the starter, you can't trust solid performance out of his backup. Yeah, um, and certainly, uh, you know, Josh Robinson is all but faded at this point. We'll see again. We'll revisit that question next preseason, I think, at this point. But uh, T.Y. Hilton getting back on track. Only four yep. catches, but 150 yards and two touchdowns. This is the game that T.Y. Hilton owners were waiting for. Um, I, I do think that Dante Moncrief is going to get more and more involved in this offense, though, uh, especially with Dorsett uh, breaking his ankle in this game. Um, I do think that Hilton's the 1A and Moncrief is the 1B at this point. We just didn't see it in this game. Yeah, uh, like I said, Hilton, it looked like the, the covers were wide open on Hilton on the two big bombs that he hit him for. Uh, uh, those very easily could have been Moncrief he was, he, if he was being covered by that corner. Moncrief salvaged his value on the day getting a touchdown. I completely agree that their their value is much closer than others would think. Um, 
sell high on Hilton for me. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it depends what you can get. I, I do think he's still in that wide receiver two territory. Uh, I just don't know that he's going to be, you know, what he was last year when he was all that luck had. Um, That's what I'm saying. He's got the name, and he just came off a very huge game. Hell high city. Population T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, so uh, Philip Dorsett now, I think that the timeline is at least six to eight weeks, and that, that's an if. So I, I think he's droppable for me, uh, you know, unless, you know, you have an IR spot or something. Uh, he's not necessarily worth holding. He even, even though he's talented, he hasn't shown, uh, you know, enough to really pass up any of the guys on the depth chart. They have so much talent at the receiver position that he's just not going to get that many looks, even if he does come back healthy at the end of the season. Only in a dynasty. Yeah, and uh, Andre Johnson, you know, four for 44 here. Um, you know, maybe he gets a few more targets with Dorsett out, but I'm still not bothering to pick him up. He's still in that Roddy White territory for me as well. Yeah, I expect a little more to go to the tight ends and a little more to go to Moncrief. Yeah, it was nice to see Frank Gore catch five passes here. Certainly boosts his uh, PPR value. Um, I, I think he's still a decent, uh, you know, mid-end RB2. He's, he's just getting involved. If, if this offense can get going, then he'll be fine. Yeah, I, I didn't put it in words, but he's a buy low for me. Yeah, and uh, both tight ends, uh, you know, I was looking at it earlier today. If you combine both of their production, they're a low-end tight end, too. Um, please don't yeah, be if, starting If you're playing in a league where you start Indianapolis tight end instead of Kobe Flaner and or Dwayne Allen, then maybe you'd be okay. Yeah, and uh, just just a side note, not really fantasy relevant, but Griff Whalen, the guy who botched that uh, crazy <laughs> trick play last week, three fumbles in this game, uh, recovered right. two of them, but um, just, wow, I don't know what's going on there. Um, yeah. So let's move on to the New Orleans side. Uh, may, we thought maybe Drew Brees would have a better game this, uh, this, this game simply because the Colts' defense isn't that great either, but he made some bad decisions for that uh, got picked in the end zone and then um you know mark ingram uh, had a slow start got vultured twice by Kyrie robinson for the two touchdowns but ended up with a nice day 143 yards and a touchdown he's a solid rb1 right now yeah very frustrating for ingram owners um not just vultured touchdowns either they uh, one of them came from a bit of distance that uh that right side sweep yeah robinson actually had the exact same amount of carries as ingram 14 for each of them um, Ingram got uh, two catches to Kyrie Robinson's one, but very equal uh, distribution of the work. Yeah, and I, I don't know what exactly the reason for that is. I don't know if Sean Payton's just trying out different things for his running back rotation. Uh, CJ Spiller did also get a good yeah. amount of work early here. Um, he actually converted a couple key third downs early in the game. Uh, you know, ended up with just four carries for 16 yards, but you know, six for 32 through the air. Um, maybe a, a little bit of a resurgence here. Uh, if you have a spot, certainly grab him, but uh, I, I'm certainly not expecting RB2 numbers like we thought maybe at the beginning of the year. I think this may be the, the uh, New Orleans Saints starting to get uh, starting to get themselves into a bit of a groove, um, trying to find that offense that they had before. Not, not the exact same offense, but here Spiller getting worked in a little more. He'll maybe get a little more of that uh, – that see that old uh, Darren Sproles role, and they always had Pierre Thomas and Mark Ingram sort of sharing a workload. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if that was going to be a situation going forward. Yeah, I think the key word here is trying. You know, we we saw their offense start to gel a little bit, but then the the second half they really kind of collapsed and let Indy get back into this game. Uh, so I, I still don't know that we can expect that much. Um, but certainly good news for Brandon Cooks owners here. Uh, six for eighty one. 
um, on 13 targets, uh, clearly leading the team in targets this game. But um, again, I don't know how much we can trust Cooks here. Uh, just, I don't know. I mean, I, th I really do think they need that big target to kind of take away coverage from Cooks. Um, he needs to convert more of these catches, too. Yeah, uh, certainly displayed, uh, you know, his talent here. But uh, again, still just a, a high-end wide receiver three for me. We just can't trust it so far until we see a bigger, uh, either a, a really big game or more consistent, uh, you know, decent games from him. Um, but uh, Ben Watson here, four for 59. He was, you know, inches away from another touchdown on that fake field goal. Um, I, th I think he might be creeping into that high-end tight end two territory. It seems like they're starting to want to get him more involved in this offense. Sure, I, I can't disagree, but I'm also not uh, I'm not racing anybody to go start him. Sure, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not trading for him or anything like that. Uh, we did see Michael Humanawi, or however you say his name, uh, Humanawi. Uh, formerly of the New England Patriots, five for thirty-one and got the touchdown in this game. Um, I don't know if they're going to be playing some more two tight end sets or what's going on, uh, but Willie Sneed here certainly suffered three for 25 on seven targets. Um, again, he was never going to be a, a super reliable uh, wide receiver uh, for fantasy purposes. I think he's still going to have some really nice games uh, when, you know, Breeze finds him in the open field, but certainly can't rely on him. Well, if you recall, Josh Hill also had a, uh, a touchdown called back by, by penalty in this game, I believe. Uh, this is just Drew Brees being Drew Brees. He spreads the ball around. Yeah, and uh, even then, uh, he didn't have a great fantasy day. I think, you know, again, the, the word here is trying. The Saints are trying to get their offense together, but uh, we're not seeing just yet. There so, you go. <laughs> let's move on then to Minnesota at Detroit. Uh, another interesting... NFC North. Yeah, this was a pretty good game to watch, too. Um, certainly, we saw Stefan Diggs continue his domination here. He had a beautiful, beautiful grab where he literally dove for the touchdown and made sure that he tucked it so that the refs didn't have anything on him in terms of whether or not it was a catch, since we no longer know how exactly that works in the NFL. Stefan uh, Diggs is arguably the most dynamic player on this offense right, right now. Yeah, I mean, Adrian Peterson busted a big, like, 70-yard run, but uh, in terms of the day overall, he was stopped time and time again. Um, I do think that defenses are keying in and, you know, basically forcing them to, to beat them with Adrian Peterson if they dare, and they're just stacking the box so much that Peterson can't get any traction. Now, the flip side of stacking the box like that is when you do break one, you, these 75 yard runs is exactly what happens yeah and uh, certainly salvage his fantasy day but I, I think that at this point if anyone in your league still thinks that peterson's gonna be you know like a top five running back i would try to sell him yeah he he's he's very solid don't get me wrong he's a he's a running back one every single day but if you can get better for him if you can get say a um Oh boy, now I just put myself on the spot inadvertently. I'll I'll take Doug Ooh. Martin over Peterson. Oh boy. I would see I would take Doug Martin over Peterson just because I know that I could probably get Martin and a pretty solid wide receiver also in the deal. Sure, and again, you're you're trying to sell on Peterson's name value here. That that's the point. You're certainly not selling low on him. Uh don't get me wrong. No, here. no, no. I'm not gonna trying say to get rid Foster, of him, but uh that that <laughs> just sounded dumb. 
Yeah, <laughs> not anymore. Um, we, we did see Jerick McKinnon get some work here too. Uh, he may get more involved in, in a deep league. Maybe uh, he, he might be usable or, or certainly as a handcuff. Uh, you know, we saw last year when Peterson was out that Asiata will get the runs, but uh, in PPR, McKinnon would be the pickup. Yeah, very telling. They did uh, have have McKinnon in in the red zone. However, uh, they, they ran McKinnon. It looked like I think it was four plays. He was in there. Then once they got to the two yard line, um, they pulled McKinnon out, put Peterson in. So all of these goal line, all the highest quality, of course, are still filtering through Adrian Peterson. Yeah, and uh, cer- certainly love Diggs here. Uh, six for 108 and a touchdown. And if, if he's sitting on your waiver wire for some reason, he should not be. Um, but I will say this. I do think that defenses are going to start keying in on Diggs more, uh, somewhat like uh, defenses have started trying to cover Odell Beckham more at the start of this season. Uh, I do think that that will free up Wallace with some deep shots as well. So certainly if, if you're holding Mike Wallace in, a, in say, a 12-team league, I would not drop him just yet. I don't really think they can afford to key on Diggs, though. Uh, just mathematically, if you start to focus on the receiver, you're pulling somebody out of that box, and that's giving Adrian Peterson all he wants to work with and more. Yeah, I'm not saying they're not going to still stack the box, but I'm saying in terms of the safety coverage rolling one way or the other, it may start to go Diggs' way and, and help Wallace out a little bit. Okay, okay. Charles Johnson also got on the field for a little bit here. Uh, yeah, didn't do don't anything care. overly exciting. <laughs> one catch. Um, Diggs is still the guy. Yeah. Uh, what about Cordero Patterson? Ah, I'm just kidding. Um, oh boy. <laughs> Look at you. So Detroit side here, uh, Stafford, decent game, 256 and two touchdowns. You'll take it. But certainly, again, we were saying, you know, not to expect the the kind of game that he had last uh, last week against Chicago every week. Um, exactly. And you know, we heard today that uh, Joe Lombardi, the off- the offensive coordinator in Detroit, along with the offensive line coach, uh, both fired. Um, what does this mean for Abdullah, Bell, and Riddick? I think this means uh, that they saw what happened in Miami to the running game and the offense when they when they got rid of their coach. Maybe they're ex- expecting the exact same thing to happen. Abdullah's going to uh, rattle off a uh, hundred yard games. Uh, Riddick will have you know eighty yard receiving games. Everybody's going to uh, you know ha- have a nice little offense going forward. Five hundred yard days out of Stafford. Um, unfortunately, I just don't think the personnel exists here for that to happen. Uh, Abdullah will probably have about eight more fumbles for the rest of the season. Um, things along that sort of, uh, mind, mind, uh, brainwave. Yeah. I, I do think that, you know, if you're, you know, if you've got a winning record, if you're going to be at five and two or something after this week, um, maybe worth, uh, but trying to buy low on Abdullah, um, you know, we'll see what this, this coaching change brings, but we saw that he's clearly the lead back now over Joyke Bell. Uh, at least they made that smart decision. Um, got eight carries to Bell's three. Um, but Theo Riddick too, still, I, I still think Riddick is the most, uh, quote unquote, reliable guy in this backfield three for 40 in the passing game. And they actually gave him. Uh, a couple rushes in the red zone as well. Three for eight, uh, certainly not great in between the tackles, but um, he actually had a catch where, again, he was down at the yep. one-yard line, so uh, uh, so close to another touchdown. Uh, don't, don't give up on Theo Riddick. Riddick's the guy you want right here in a PPR. Um, are, are you picking up Joyke Bell if he's on the waiver wire? No, I've got to cash all my Joyke Bell chips in, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. 
Um, I, again, if you're desperate, maybe, but I'm desperate in one league at running back. I started Theo Riddick and Darren McFadden this week, and I did not pick up Joyke Bell. So that tells you you have to be really desperate to, to pick up Bell, at least for me. Yep. Um, Eric Ebron here, one of my uh, nice sneaky DFS plays, uh, you know, five for 89 and a touchdown, caught all five of his targets, um, was actually third on the team in targets behind Tate and Johnson. Uh, I think he's a He's a nice tight end going forward, a low-end tight end one. He seems to really have Stafford's trust, particularly in the red zone. He's a very good tight end. Uh, we knew this always. Just people forget it because uh, these guys are drafted high. They don't produce super well their rookie year. They get forgotten. Eric Ebron is a darn good NFL tight end, and uh, nobody knows that better than Golden Tate, who's seeded basically all of his production to him when he's on the field. Yeah, um, and Calvin back to a solid high-end wide receiver too here. Five for eighty-six and a touchdown. Uh, almost had another big catch. Um, you know, he's he's fine. You're starting him. Golden Tate owners, you start to worry yet? Um, I mean, again, I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head in the preseason when we were discussing him. He's he's mostly a, a Johnson handcuff. Yeah. I just don't know what you do about it at this point. Uh, I think he does have a nice, uh, uh, light, uh, nice day coming up against Kansas City, but uh, you know you, you can't really expect much out of him going forward. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not dropping him, but if you need to drop him for somebody, if if you got a bunch of players on buy or something, I, I'm certainly not opposed. I mean, nobody's off the table. You you dropped Peyton Manning last week, didn't you? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I picked up the Green Bay defense for this week, so it certainly shows you how much faith I have in Peyton. But we'll there see. There you go. Um, speaking of Kansas City, uh, let's move on to the Pittsburgh at KC game. Um, so we saw here Landry Jones got the start, and he actually, uh, I mean, he didn't do great, but, uh, you know, he it could have been a lot worse, at least for fantasy owners. Uh, at least Jones was able to get the ball to finally Antonio Brown here, Six for 124, uh, finally. This is what Brown owners have been waiting for, and this is basically kind of a, a juicy preview to Big Ben coming back next week. Landry Jones has not looked great. He, it's his second, second start in the NFL, but one thing he has done that Michael Vick has not done is establish value and allow the rest of this uh, Pittsburgh offense to maintain their value. Bell, Bryant, Brown, they are all worthwhile starters with Landry Jones as quarterback. Yeah, and really not much to talk about here. Le'Veon Bell is top three running back. Antonio Brown's a top five wide receiver. Uh, and Martavis Bryant, he's a he's a top 24 guy for me with uh, with Ben coming back. Definitely, and he may be back as soon as this next game. Yeah, and uh, just one other thing to mention here. Uh, D'Angelo Williams uh, did look okay in this game. Again, he's he's one of those handcuffs where if, if Le'Veon Bell were to go down, we saw what, what he can do in the first few games. Running back in one of the top offenses in the NFL. Didn't look like it here with just 13 points, but you get Ben back on the field. That 13 will turn into 33 real quick. Yeah, if Bell were to go down or miss any time for whatever reason, D'Angelo becomes an instant RB1. Most definitely. Um, so Alex Smith here, um, you know, he's a middling QB2 uh, for fantasy purpose, but uh, good to see that he actually threw some balls downfield in this game. Um, and, and if you were holding on to Shark Hendrick West, uh, he, he came through here 22 for 110 and a touchdown despite getting stopped repeatedly in the red zone. They just kept feeding him and eventually he got one. If first you don't succeed, try, try again. 
Yeah, uh, as I said last week, you disagreed, but Niall Davis was droppable. We, we see that West got the clear majority of the work here, um, and this was kind of what you yeah, wanted to Yeah, right now, Niall Davis. At, the, at this point, we know the answer. Davis has no spot on anybody's roster. Yeah, um, West is the guy here, um, and you know, going forward, probably a high-end RB3, low-end RB2. I'm still not trusting it just because the Casey offense doesn't look very good. I, I think they only barely won this game because Pittsburgh's defense was so bad. Yeah, low-end RB2. I'm starting against Detroit next week. Oh, I don't know about that. I uh, I wouldn't love that if I had better options. But um, no, I, I think so. I think I'm going there. Okay. Well, best of luck to you. That's all I can say. I, I do not think that Wes is going to have a, a great game against Detroit. Go um, West. <laughs> okay. Um, worked, it worked for the Mormons. It'll work for me. <laughs> we'll we'll see about that. We'll talk after the show. Um, <laughs> But uh, on the receiving end here, Chris Conley led the team in targets. Is he worth a pickup? Six for 63 and a touchdown here? You know, just because Macklin's out, somebody here is going to have to sort of put it together. Chris Conley, very fast. Um, one of the guys that has helped Alex Smith sort of stay, I guess, consistent. If there's one word to use for Alex Smith, it's consistent. Uh, Wilson got a got a good look, got, got some good looking targets too though and I, I expect a little more from kelsey who also had a nice day i don't think i can go ahead and pinpoint one of these receivers not named macklin uh to put much trust into i think yeah and i think that's that's the problem that you kind of mentioned is this was with macklin out with his concussion i do think once he comes back it's gonna be macklin again uh, and conley and wilson are gonna kind of battle for that number two duties um I, I would not trust starting either of them Certainly good to see that they got Kelsey more involved. Uh, you'd like to see him get some more red zone targets. I, I think he's got one out of nine in this game. Um, not great. Uh, you got to use your your playmakers here. I, I don't know what Reed's doing, but uh, we've seen him just kind of muddle through with the offense time and time again, whether it's in Philly or Kansas City. But Smith, to his credit, is not going to force the ball where it doesn't belong. Sure, but uh, sometimes you got to try and get it to your guys and then, you know, trust them that they're going to make a play. Definitely. Okay, so um, now let's go on to what is the next game here? Cleveland at St. Louis. And uh, again, I tweeted out earlier in the week, one of my uh, most beloved plays for DFS was the St. Louis Rams on DraftKings for only $2,400. Certainly came through with 25 points this week. Jeez. Um, they're, They're a top five fantasy defense for me for the rest of the season definitely oh yeah i think so yeah and uh you know obviously uh, we'll see what happens with josh mccown he did injure his shoulder here and uh, johnny menzel had to step in for a few plays um actually did okay four for five uh, nothing nothing to set the world on fire but uh, we'll see um if mccown can go next week because it certainly does impact the receivers here because mccown or excuse me manzel doesn't seem to like to check down as much he'll try to scramble around and find that big play Uh, i think good news for travis benjamin though i definitely good news for travis benjamin um he's linked up with the johnny manzel i think for two touchdowns in manzel's short uh short short career as the cleveland brown starter um he's a start for me still wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside uh, i think gary barnage unfortunately does take a step back if uh, if mccown comes out of the starting role yeah not to mention he lost a tooth in this game and, and came back into the game uh certainly a pretty mean guy there i uh, don't want to mess with him uh no. six for 101 you you can trust barnage uh 
as as long as McCown's in, I don't again, I don't know about Manziel. Uh, certainly, if he's your only tight end right now, uh, you, you got to start him and see what happens. Uh, maybe he can get open downfield too, like Travis Benjamin does while Manziel scrambles around a little bit. Yeah, the thing that's different about earlier in the season when Manziel started first time was that Barnage didn't earn all of the playing time that he's getting right now. So maybe he actually maintains and is, is still just as good going forward. Yeah. And in terms of the running backs, uh, you know, just a terrible committee on the ground, five carries for Turbin, six for Duke and eight for Crowell. And, and here is the, the, one of the guys I do think will be hurt if McCown misses any time. Manziel doesn't love to check the, the ball down. And I don't know how many, you know, how many targets that uh, Duke Johnson will get in the passing game if it's Manziel under center. Yeah, I, I think the smart money is to sit with Duke Johnson Jr., keep rolling him out there as your flex, um, if that's where you're able to play he's him. A, he's uh, a mid to high RB2 the last few weeks in PPR, so, you know... Right, I'm saying with, with Manziel here. Yeah, yeah, certainly uh, downgrading him uh, quite a bit. But, uh, you know, if, if you've been rolling with him and you don't have better options, you just gotta hope and pray, I guess. Yeah. Um, so on the St. Louis side here, uh, Nick Foles, uh, a very Nick Foles-esque game, uh, 15 for 23, 163 touchdowns, no interceptions though, helps his team that way. Um, Consistent. Hey, I mean, certainly when you've got Gurley, uh, you know, you don't need Foles to, to take those big shots downfield. Well, you know, why risk that when Todd Gurley could break a, an 80 yard run in any given play? You're sitting pretty anytime you put up for, uh, 24 points and have zero from your quarterback. Yeah, and Gurley, one of the few uh, workhorses left in the NFL at this point. He's a clear RB1, 128, and two touchdowns on just 19 carries here. I would grab Gurley. To, to run back to our quickly prior conversation, I would grab Gurley for Adrian Peterson in a, in a New York minute. Oh, absolutely. If you can get Gurley for AP, I would absolutely do that. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly involved in the passing game as well, four for 35 uh, you know, through the air, just worth mentioning. Yep. Um, Tavon Austin, uh, we've seen, he's still going to be a boomer bust kind of wide receiver three wide receiver four. Uh, you know, he's going to have those trick plays where he busts a huge run for a touchdown, but you don't know which week that's coming. There's only one player on this offense that I'm touching. Uh, Nick Foles. Yeah. Him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you know, give up your firstborn child. If, if someone's even somewhat doubting Gurley at this point, uh, you, hey, I was a firstborn. Give up your secondborn. All right. Well, give up any child uh, for Todd Gurley. <laughs> any and all children. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, yeah, really no one else to mention here. Uh, well, actually, the defense, if they're out on the waiver wire because they did just come off of their bye week um, before this week. So if, yeah, if nobody grants any waiver wires for very long. Yeah, certainly worth even. I think if you're a winning team, uh, you know, with a good record, I think they're worth, you know, a high waiver pick. Mm, nothing earlier than four. I don't know. I mean, at this point, if, if you're if you got a pretty solid roster, um, I know that kicker and defense are are you know very unpredictable certainly. But uh, if you just need a few pieces to shore up the the last few pieces of the puzzle to a title, uh, I wouldn't mind burning a waiver pick on the Rams defense. Yeah, that's a little crazy for me, but uh, okay. Okay. Um, so speaking of crazy, uh, yeah, uh, next game we're going to talk about here, Houston at Miami, just, just an absolute drubbing, just domination here. Just, I don't even have words to describe it. This is like, uh, without getting into real sketchy references that I I don't know if I can say on air, this is just absolute (laughs) domination. We'll, we'll leave it at that. 
Um, yeah, just just leave it at that, okay? Look, here's the thing though. Brian Hoyer, garbage time hero, 273 and three touchdowns with a pick. Um, you know, I think he's still in the QB2 conversation, matchup dependent. He's just always going to have that garbage time production. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you here now. Uh, people will not, unfortunately, have to worry about Arian Foster. They will key on DeAndre Hopkins. They will hit DeAndre Hopkins very, very hard and force people like Nate Washington and Cecil Shorts to, be, to beat them with Brian Hoyer. And that just is not going to happen. Brian Hoyer is going to have to, as soon as the second half hits, he's going to have to just chuck the ball deep every play. He's going to be getting sick. He's going to be getting beaten up. It's not going to be pretty and it's not going to last very long. Yeah, look, it's not going to be pretty, but he's going to get that yardage and he's going to get those touchdowns, even if, if the interceptions come with I think with he's going to get an interception. Oh, you're saying even past the interceptions, he'll be okay? Well, yeah, even if he gets three picks and four touchdowns, do you care? Four touchdowns is a, is a high calling for Brian Hoyer. <laughs> hey, it's happened before. We saw Kirk Cousins do pretty well this week, so... Oh, hey, that's the answer you're talking about. You, you'd be easy there. No, look, I'm just saying that, as we said earlier in the season, I think Matthew Stafford had a great couple of seasons a few years back due to volume, and that's what Brian Hoyer is going to get. So, again, certainly not a QB1, but um, he's going to have those big weeks, and I do think that he's going to have a lot of garbage time production. Yeah, I, I definitely see your point, uh, but he's just too shaky of a quarterback for me to be to feel okay with starting. Okay, so let's move on to the more important question then. Alfred, Bru- excuse me, Alfred Blue and Chris Polk back on the fantasy radar now, and now with uh, Aaron Foster out for the season with a torn Achilles. Um, wh- which one do you want? Um, can I say Cecil Shorts? <laughs> <laughs> um look i get it but you know if you lost foster which, which one are you gonna go for it's gotta be blue um he he did he has shown the most production so far out of the out of those three running backs uh he had the one very good game which i don't look for him to reproduce but he's going to be leaned on given the most of the work um with likely a timeshare back there with grimes yeah, certainly, uh, certainly don't love any of the options there. I think that this is kind of what I preached with the Sharkandrick West and Al Davis situation a couple week ba- a couple weeks back. Uh, right after we found out about Charles, I do think that um, if you're not looking to spend much in terms of your bidding dollars, or you know if you've got a low waiver priority, uh, maybe take a shot on Chris Polk. He seems to be the passing down back. Maybe in uh, PPR leagues, he, you might get some flex value out of him. We'll see. Yeah, uh, he. I think he gets some of the goal line work, too. Yeah, and, um, you know, Nate Washington here, garbage time hero, 9 for 127 and two touchdowns. Um, again, I don't know if you can trust any of these guys. It's just going to be Hopkins that I'm going to be, you know, safely starting. See, I don't even know if he's a safe start anymore. He's the only... I- he did produce earlier in the season, but he will be the key to that offense, which means I think the wide receiver two on this team is going to be the guy that you're, I, I'm definitely looking to start the, uh, whoever's starting opposite him, what be it Nate Washington or Cecil shorts. If he's healthy, he's an every week, pretty much DFS start for me because they're keying on Nate, on uh, Deandre Hopkins. They might throw the ball to him 17 times a game, but he's not getting those catches. I, I I don't know. I beg to differ. I think you just toss the ball his way and you hope for the best and he's going to come down with it half of the time. I just, you know, uh, even even without Foster the first few games of the season, he was still producing. I, I don't know that you're, I mean, obviously you're downgrading him a little, but you're certainly not benching him. I mean, I hope you're right. But yeah, I'm, he's 
he's a wide receiver one. That's without question. He's probably a top. He's a top ten wide receiver going forward every single week. But I'm not necessarily paying for him in any daily lineups. Yeah, I mean, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, they they certainly have a decent schedule coming up. But uh, let's let's get to the the better side of this game here. Miami uh, under yeah. Dan Campbell. Welcome looks like to a, Miami. Like a like a phoenix out of the ashes, just completely right. you know rising up. Uh, Ryan Tannehill here. Uh, I I was lucky enough to grab him uh, with Rodgers on by. 284 yards and four touchdowns. Um, I think he actually set an NFL record for 25 straight completions with, you know, eight, I think it was eight or nine in his uh, last game and then starting right. this game 18 for 18. Um, just wow. I mean, and they get New England next, um, you know, poor secondary. That's going to be a shootout. You're you're starting Tanhill in that game next week. I'm telling you that much. This is what happens when you take, take a guy like John. Philip, and you take Skeletor and you replace him with He Man. You just get the Masters of the Universe ganging up on the other team. <laughs> Does that make Lamar Miller Skeletor? No, no. Josh Philbin is Skeletor, oh, and Dan oh, Campbell okay. is He Man. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, Lamar Miller here, regardless of what you want to call him, only 14 carries, but 175 yards and a touchdown uh, in the passing game. Three for 61 in a touchdown. Just. Look, if you had Lamar Miller in your matchup and you didn't win, something went horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah, efficient, I guess, is a, is a word to use. Yeah, and we've seen <laughs> that he's he's good at making cuts, and once he's gone, he's gone. You had one shot to, to buy low on him. I hope you took it. Yeah, um, yeah you're certainly not prying him away with that from any owners at this no, point. No, no, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, interesting to see here that Jonas Gray is maybe now the number two back, just in case anything happens to Miller. Hey, don't forget, he does hold the record for uh, yards from scrim or uh, rushing yards for the New England Patriots. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, if if anything does, God forbid, happen to Miller, maybe Jonas Gray is the guy, not Damian Williams. Just something to keep in the back of your head. It, somebody's got to run the football. Yeah, and uh, you know, Jarvis Landry here, five for eighty-three and two touchdowns. I may be the only one here, but I'm skeptical. I'm I'm not necessarily buying it. Um, I do think that Tannehill is still going to be spreading that ball around. Uh, one of the big, big touchdown runs here after the catch. Uh, was all Landry just kind of weaving through a terrible Texan secondary. Um, I, I still, I would try to sell high on Jarvis Landry here. Yeah, uh, I, I can't disagree there. But at the same time, I'm not seeing much out of who I thought was going to be coming up and making a, a break for the starting job with Devontae Parker. I think Landry is locked in. I, I don't think he's a, a top wide receiver. He's definitely not a wide receiver one. He definitely will come back down to earth. I can't necessarily move him in a PPR. In a standard league, I could see selling high on him. But I think you have to stand pat in a PPR for right now. If you can get wide receiver two value for Landry, I think I would take it. I mean, certainly depends on your team needs. I'm just... He is a wide receiver two. I don't think... I think he's a wide receiver three in PPR. I just don't... Rest of season or or right now or... I think rest of the season. I I don't trust him to stay a wide receiver two. Uh, the targets no, I, are, I mean, he did lead the team in targets with five, but Matthews got three, um, you know, Jennings got two. I, and this was a game where Tannehill only threw 19 passes. I mean, I just don't think that they're going to be this efficient every game because they're not going to be playing the Texans defense every game. Uh, that's not false, but I, I think he's a, a 
the guy that you want on this offense. Uh, if there's anybody to sell right now, it's Rashard Matthews. Um, but at the same time, even in this next week, I would start Rashard Matthews again. Yes, and see, that's exactly where I disagree because I think that Landry and Matthews are going to have very similar product production down the stretch and you're going to get more for Landry simply because of the name value. I think they're basically the same guy right now in, their off- in that offense. And if anything, oh. Matthews gets the, the longer deep shots. If you can sell them for something great, great. But I don't think anybody's out there looking actively looking to buy Jarvis Landry right now. Okay, I, I'm just saying if they are after that big game, then I, I would be willing to let him go for the right price. Sure. One guy was expecting to get a little more work, uh, considering his coach is a tight end, Jordan Cameron. Come on, Ryan, you pay, pay it forward a little bit here. Yeah, and, and again, as we said last week, uh, with Cameron and Sims both getting a touchdown, uh, you know, they're both tight end twos. They're going to be touchdown dependent. Yep, definitely. Okay, so moving on to the Jets at New England. This was another nice game to watch. Uh, kept it close all the way. A very exciting game. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick coming through for you. 295 uh, through, through the air and two touchdowns and uh, 29 rushing yards as well. That's going to be pretty much what to expect. I think, I think that's a pretty solid line to expect against this Patriots secondary, to be honest, from a pretty much anybody starting against them. Yeah, and uh, you know, Chris Ivory, a little bit of a disappointing game here. Um, but certainly we expected that Belichick would try to take him away and, you know, kind of force Fitzpatrick to beat him through the air. Um, and through the air, uh, they almost beat them. Uh, you know, they did pretty well. They kept it very close. Um, Brandon Marshall, uh, you know, got outshined by Eric Decker here. Decker with six for 94. Marshall only four for 67. But uh, yeah, one dropped one dropped ball away from a touchdown in a tie game though yeah he was uh you know he had he had the ball in his hands and it just went right through him and he would have had about you know 80 yards and a touchdown and but certainly you're taking four for 67 better days ahead for brandon marshall Um, they kind of they kind of moved coverage toward him which allowed decker to get freed up a little bit more here uh certainly still a, a wide receiver one for me rest of the season yep what about how about tommy bohannon (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah get it get him in there definitely uh, yeah you, you know you're not uh, you're not trusting any of the other jets receivers it's going to be marshall and decker the um, only one is is devon smith in a dynasty yeah uh i don't think we're going to see much production from him this year but certainly i uh, wouldn't give up no, on him st- still getting in the groove coming off injury but uh, but uh, just otherworldly talents that this guy has if, if he can put it together um look for him to cut into eric decker's uh time severely next year yeah, he's going to be, again, I think that Deshaun Jackson type, uh, just a boom-bust wide receiver three, but he will have value. Yep. Um, okay, so on the other hand, Brady's Brady. Not much to talk about here. Um, and Gronk is Gronk. Not much to say here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Even though we probably want to. Yeah, uh, I think the only thing to really mention here uh, are a couple things. Julian Edelman, 5 for 54. Certainly not the best day, but he did get shadowed by revis on more than half of his snaps so uh not worried about edelman going forward much it seemed like he's he's uh back to normal after that hand injury last week so i you know not worried about edelman at all how about back to normal brandon lafell yeah you know had a few drops in this game uh i, I chalk it a up few. i think he already leads the league in drops <laughs> you know i chalk it up to him getting back up to game speed and you know he did miss a lot of time that's something to take into consideration and certainly he'll have to gain back Brady's trust after this game, but I, I still think that he's worth holding on to uh, if you picked him up. 
playing against a very tight defense. I love Brandon LaFell going forward. Yeah, look, eight targets on the day. Fourth in targets yep. on the team. So, yep. Um, Scott Chandler, uh, you know, he's still the Gronk handcuff. We did see him make a couple nice catches here, but certainly not starting him. Only um, other guy for me to talk to uh, talk about in this receiving game is Amendola. Uh, he's starting to look like a, a boom-bust flex play to me. Yeah, and I, I think it's just because the, the Patriots are throwing so much right now that even the number four or number five option, uh, you know, is going to get a bunch of catches. And Amendola has always been a very talented receiver. Um, the knock on him was always that he was constantly hurt, but he's actually had a string of uh, of healthy games now, uh, dating back to 2013. So uh, it seems like as long as he's not being you know used with a featured workload, um, he'll be fine. Certainly worth a pickup in deeper leagues. My main issue with Amendola is that I feel like as soon as I figure out what Belichick wants to do, it's like he's playing games with me. He's trying to mess me over. I was expecting a fairly solid game from Blunt. Three touches the entire game from Blunt. Uh, what, what do they have? Nine total rushes, four of which were from Tom Brady. Well, so see, on the, on the, on the other hand, I thought that it was going to be a bad blunt game simply because, you know, the jets have a good defensive line. Uh, you know, they certainly don't want to run the ball a lot without success. Um, I, I do, but think... they didn't run the ball at all five times. Yeah. And I think that's what we're going to see from Belichick. I mean, on the other hand, you know, last year against the Colts, they only threw a few passes. They had basically 30 carries for Jonas Gray. So I think it's all going to be however Belichick thinks he can defeat the opposing defense. Yeah, I, I was in Ben Blunt this weekend and my team suffered. Uh, it was it was the combination of uh, the fact that I, I know I, I thought I knew that Belichick likes to run the football no matter what. Um, mixed with the fact that Deion Lewis was not going to be in this game. And I, I guess this just goes to show that he he's perfectly fine with Brady throwing the ball 60 times. Yeah. And that, that's the one other thing to monitor. James White didn't do a ton here. I, I do think that Deion Lewis's role in the offense is safe, assuming he can get healthy. The problem is it's the Patriots. So we're never going to know what exactly is wrong with him or if he's going to play week to week. Um, certainly in, uh, in a situation to continue monitoring uh, pretty closely, whatever info we can get. Uh, hopefully he'll be back, uh, you know, supposedly just the, the abdomen strain, but hopefully nothing uh, related to a groin injury at all. Um, you know, again, keep, keep your eye on that. Yep. Uh, now for something with a little more analysis attached to it. Uh, this AFC West showdown, Oakland and San Diego. Oh, um, boy. Can we say Philip Rivers garbage time hero too? I mean, he's playing so well, but just I think his he's team just a isn't. hero overall. Yeah, I mean, look, Philip Rivers is just rolling right now. Three thirty-six, three touchdowns. Did have two picks in this game, but man, he's he's a solid QB one right now. Just the Phillip pure Rivers volume. Philip Rivers never gets love during the draft season. He's always a solid quarterback. I think that's going to change. I think next year we're going to see Philip Rivers kind of get that QB ratings bump, sort of like how Ben did this year after a really nice season last year. There we go. Um, so on the ground, though, Melvin Gordon, uh, just seven carries to Brandon Oliver's nine. Um, yeah. I think it's time to slow the Gordon train a little bit. They just, you know, one, the fumbles have been an issue, and two, um, the offensive line is just a mess, and until we see anything come together there, it's going to be the Danny Woodhead show. Yeah, a, a lot of attempts on the ground here, but not much out of them for anybody. Yeah, the the guys you want here are going to be Keenan Allen and Danny Woodhead, and then when healthy, Antonio Gates. Definitely. 
Um, he, he may not be healthy on court right now with this uh, MCL sprain, which is not a good look for the team, but that will restore some value in Ladarius Green. If he's, if he's available in legs, to me, he's a, he's a definite low-end, um, mid-to-low-end tight end. Yeah, tight he's, end he's a tight end one as long as Gates is out. Four for 45 and the touchdown here, nine targets. That's the key number here. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, he's... I mean, when, when Gates is back, he'll still have tight end two value, but when he's out, for sure, tight end one. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, Keenan Allen, you're starting him out every week. Danny Woodhead, if you've been sitting him on your bench, I think you, it's, I think this is the week you realize that that's been a mistake. No, nobody's sitting him on, on their bench. He's been an RB1 this year so far in PPR leagues. There's he's, just, he's darn yeah. good. Yeah, um, the, the other name I do want to mention, uh, as we said, Keenan Allen, obviously a start, but Stevie Johnson, back healthy, 4 for 50 on 8. Uh, I think his role is only going to grow more, especially if Gates does miss a couple more games. Uh, certainly worth the pickup if you're hurting at wide receiver with buys. Just like the first few weeks of the season, very productive wide receiver that, that cost uh, literally nothing uh, with Gates off the field, and now Gates is back off the field. He should slap back in nicely. Yeah, and one last thing here. Um, in a deeper league, maybe Brandon Oliver, 6 for 39 in the passing game, and he was decent on the ground, 9 for 35. Certainly not great against Oakland's uh, front seven, but um, Brandon Oliver possibly worth the pickup. He's always had that value, especially in PPR leagues. Can't look over him. Yeah, uh, again, 43, uh, Darren Sproles light, uh, if you will. So, you know, yep, certainly worth a shot. Um, on the other hand here, Derek Carr had another nice game, 289 for three touchdowns and no picks. Um, he's, he's a pretty reliable high-end QB too. He's, he's had some nice games. Obviously, he's, he gets another matchup against Denver later in the year. You're certainly not starting him there, but for the most part, their schedule is not that bad. Okay, he took a step forward to me this game. Uh, did a lot with the receivers that he has on his team. Um, dropped a nice little pass in the bucket for Clive Walford that turned into a touchdown. Um, he looked real good. Yeah, and you know Latavius Murray here too. Uh, it seems like he's gotten healthy now. Past their bye, fifteen for eighty-five and a touchdown. Uh, thought he might have an even bigger day against San Diego, but uh, you know you're, you're certainly not unhappy about that. No, that's perfectly fine. Um, so Amari Cooper here, just man, he, for a rookie, he's gonna be in this league for a long time, and he's gonna be dominating people. Just he's yeah he's pretty darn good. Uh, that those are not bad corners. The, the the Chargers defense is not great, but Brandon Flowers, their number two corner, uh, and their number one corner is even better. I, I can't think of his name right now, but Brandon Flowers is a very good NFL corner. Yeah, and um, kind of lost in all the Amari Cooper love. Uh, Michael Crabtree leading this team in targets yet another game um, eight targets to Cooper six certainly wasn't as productive as Cooper but six for 63 and a touchdown I think it's time to stop ignoring Michael Crabtree he's a he's a low-end wide receiver three definitely it needs to be owned in 12 team leagues without question yeah and he's just been quietly producing and he's, he's had a couple bad seasons due to injuries the last couple of years and and people have sort of forgotten about him this is a guy who when he was in san francisco and he was healthy he was a high-end wide receiver too for some time see the problem is people scroll some people scroll through their uh through their pre-draft ranks through their draft and then through their free agent list and they see michael crabtree oh i think he's a sorry receiver i don't want to buy my team <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, again, if you're hurting at wide receiver, especially with buys coming up, um, Michael Crabtree, worth a grab. Just so yeah, many the targets. Only, the only thing sorry now is the, is you're sorry that you didn't pick him up when you could. 
Yeah, and he's actually getting more red zone targets than Cooper so far on the season, so certainly worth monitoring. Um, Clive Walford here, interesting to mention. As we said uh, a couple weeks ago, not you know neither tight end worth rostering unless they start showing something. Well, Clive Walford is, is starting to show something here. Uh, a beautiful grab. Um, had two catches for 42 and a touchdown. Um, not not quite in the tight end one range or even tight end two or not even a high end tight end two. But um, I think that's uh, definitely worth keeping an eye on if his role continues to keep growing. Keep an eye on him, but there's a lot of a uh, lot of good young uh, tight ends right now. If Jordan Reed becomes out again, maybe look towards Clive Walford. But just in terms of a sheer numbers game. I even think with uh, Minnesota being able to put things together now with Stefan Diggs, I think Kyle Rudolph's value goes up. So there's a few guys I still have above Walford, but he's a name to keep in the back of your head for sure. Sure. And certainly I think more of a Devin, Stip, uh, excuse me, Devin Smith type situation in Dynasty Leagues, uh, Clive sure. Walford not to be forgotten. Definitely. So uh, another weird game flow for the NFC matchup, um, Dallas at New York. Uh, you'll remember that in their first matchup, this season a very weird game with the Giants defense scoring a lot again here yeah both uh that, that time that was called the NFC or the NFL game of the week or at least it was in the market here in Dallas uh, to me that was the most boring game of the week um the, these Denver and New York showdowns just are not doing it for me yeah um and they benched, in New York, they benched Brandon Whedon for Madcastle and he came in and promptly threw one touchdown and three interceptions um and Cole <laughs> Beasley here just getting absolutely ripped on on Twitter uh, his wife defending him uh to the max uh very very interesting if you want to read some of those tweets but, yeah leave, uh, leave the lady alone <laughs> but uh the the headline here Darren McFadden 29 yeah. carries, 152 rushing yards, and a touchdown. Um, wow. I'll tell you what, I hope nobody dropped Darren McFadden for Christian Michael. Um, I'll tell you what, I was desperate in one league and I started McFadden and I checked in halfway through the game and I, I thought I was reading something incorrectly. Um, <laughs> but uh, sir, I, I would not I would not get too overeager, um, even as an owner. Uh, you know, Joseph Randall, we'll, we'll see how long this uh, back injury keeps him out, if at all. Um, I do think it's still kind of a, a weird situation there in the backfield, but certainly McFadden may have uh, at least won the right to a few more touches per game with this showing. Yeah, it looks like it was a muscle strain for Randall. Should not have him for very long. But even with that said, even if McFadden's uh, role does get scaled back, I don't think they can take the ball out of his hands uh, outright. He far and away put together the best game that anybody has for this t uh, for for this Dallas running game uh, so far this season. The New York Giants is not a bad running defense, um, and even so, McFadden is the uh, the passing down back. He took that role away from Lance Dunbar with Dunbar's injury. He has a full role carved out there, and he, he's probably going to be the back starting the day and staying in on all of the passing down. So that, that's that's definite value right there. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be a weekly upside flex play at this point. He, he, I mean, one more week like this, and I say that he's a running back too. All right, well, we'll see about that. But um, also, if you did pick up Kristen Michael, um, you know, wait, wait and see what's going on with Randall. If he does miss any time, McFadden's certainly not the most sturdy running back. Uh, no. Michael, Michael, uh, a pretty important uh, what the heck handcuff 
Um, you know, if again, if something were to happen to McFadden while Randall's still recovering, uh, plug Michael in. Somebody's got to run the football, I guess, unless Belichick's in charge of the team, then nobody has to run the football. And somebody's got to catch the football, and that guy is Jason <laughs> Witten. Six yeah. for 73 on eight targets. Um, Terrence William, four for 70 on seven targets. Uh, Castle, certainly not uh, a fantasy start, but at least getting it to the receivers. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like the... Um... The uh, the Pittsburgh situation, uh, quarterback coming in, not doing that great for himself, but he's maintaining the value of the offensive starters. Yeah, and uh, Bryce Butler, uh, an interesting guy to keep an eye on, but uh, Des will be back, uh, it sounds like, sooner rather than later. I wouldn't count on this coming week just yet. but um, Yeah, I hope you're not counting on him to be phenomenal either. Uh, he may... He- he's going to be a far better value on the football field than he will for your fantasy team. He'll draw coverage, but he... Foot injuries are tough. Uh, you, there's a lot of movement, a lot of small motions, a lot of joint motions that go in there. And he's gonna, it's going to be a little bit before he's at full speed, especially in lateral motion, where, he, where a good portion of his strong game comes. Sure, and th- this may be uh, just a quick note, uh, your last week to buy on Des Bryant. Just say. Yeah, um, that's true. And same, I, I've seen Tony Romo dropped in some leagues. Uh, start, start keeping an eye on him if you need. If you're uh, pretty, pretty set on being playoff bound, and uh, you need a quarterback for that last stretch, um, he's out there in some leagues. He's available. Um, so on the New York side, Eli Manning uh, just ugh, um, thirteen for twenty four, one seventy. But again, he got game flowed out of this game like he did in Week One. Um, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm still trusting in Eli for the most part in fantasy, but he's got a couple bad games now. Um, certainly not a, a foolproof QB one, but I, I'm still trotting him out there. Yeah, this is confusing now. Uh, typically Eli put either puts together an extraordinarily good season for, for the whole year or an extraordinarily bad season for the whole year. Uh, we've seen up and down Eli now, so I don't really know what to expect going forward. Yeah, call him Eli Yo-Yo Manning. Um, there just, we go. You, Up you know, and down. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, you think it's good, a, a good matchup for him, and then it's not. Um, who knows? Um, Orleans Darkwa here. Uh, again, the the unsung running back hero, just like McFadden was for the Cowboys. Darkwa 8 for 48 and a touchdown for the Giants here. Um, just mysteriously led the team with eight carries without any prior, you know, reports during the week during training camp or anything just out of nowhere really yeah i'm gonna uh i'm gonna let you and dan fight over him uh yeah i mean here's the thing i'm not like super excited i'm not like thinking oh all of a sudden this is the guy for new york but certainly if you're desperate running back worth a shot um you know just don't expect too much uh that that's the only thing he has he has a lot of talent um, we've seen flashes in prior years too, but just New York never seems to really uh, trust in one running back. It, it's still going to be a committee. Um, it just seems like they finally realize that Andre Williams is not good. Yeah, not not since what? I'm on Bradshaw. We're going back four years, I think. Yeah, um, and he was coming off injury too. So yeah. All right, uh, on the receiving side, Ruben Randall here uh, had the most yards, two for 68. Uh, you're certainly, again, not trusting him going forward. Odo Beckham, just four for 35. Uh, again, you're not going to be too worried about him. He's still a wide receiver one. I re- I was really expecting uh, Devin Harris to step up and sort of carve a role for himself, but he hasn't done anything. 
No, and, and part of the part of the problem again was this game was just another one of those weird games where they got a special teams return touchdown and then they had that pick and just I mean they, they didn't have to do much on offense, really. Yeah, Odell Beckham, you can't afford to sit him. I wouldn't touch any of these other receivers. Yep. Um and all right. Uh that's that's mostly it for that. That game, includes right? Larry Donnell for me. Um you know my Donnell love, but we don't need to get back into yeah, that. Yeah, I know, but we don't have to go there. All right, so the Sunday night game, just... An, do you really believe in the Panthers? I mean, do they reflect their record from their I play? believe they have the ability to shut down a bad Sam Bradford. Okay, but one, I, I do think that Josh Norman is legit. Um, he's shown that he's, he's a pretty solid cornerback, probably top 10-ish. Would you go uh, yeah, that far? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, but you know, uh, Cam Newton is just the the heart and soul of this team right now. Um, you know, not great stats through the air. One ninety seven, one touchdown, three picks. Um, eight but, extra points on the ground though. Yeah, and uh, you know, you'll take that. Um, and that yep. that's what keeps him fantasy relevant. Uh, but really, he's one he, of the best goal line backs in the league. <laughs> he is. He, he. That's absolutely true. Um, Ted Ginn here getting involved on the ground, one for 43. I wouldn't count on that going forward. Um, and Jonathan Stewart having a nice game here, 24 for 125. Uh, same with Jarvis Landry. I'm, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. Um, he's going to get stolen touchdowns like Tolbert and Cam both got one in this game. Um, and I just, I'm still not trusting him as more than a high end RB3, maybe. He's still a low end. Derby too for me, which I sounds like you know tomato potato. It's it's splitting hairs right there. But you you look and say that he has his his uh workload, his touchdowns vultured from him, sure. But there's so many teams that have these committee backfields. I don't think that that's that crazy for him. I mean, he he gets the bulk of every other carry until they get to the uh the goal line. Well, I'll, I'll say this much: they get India at home next week. Uh, I'll start Jonathan Stewart there. <laughs> well, we, we can agree there. Um, and you know, on the receiving side, uh, Ted Ginn Jr. is their wide receiver one, their number one target. Um, again, yeah, but again, he's not going to be amazing. Uh, you're basically hoping for a touchdown any given week. Um, but you'll take five for 59. Uh, you know, not too bad. Greg Olson, three for 65. He's again, solid tight end one. Not much to discuss there. And he returns kicks. Well, that is true for any uh, for any leagues that return or that give you return yardage or touchdowns. Certainly worth it. Um, and also, I just, love I love the Ted Ginn and uh, Carolina Panthers stack on daily. Yeah, and that certainly has has worked out for you uh, a couple weeks this season at least. Um, yep. But on the other side, uh, I don't know that you can really blame Sam Brad for this loss like you could have blamed him last week if they had. Um, Certainly not great, 200 yards and zero touchdowns and one pick, but he's not the reason they lost. Well, this you're game. not making a case for not blaming Bradford. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying they need to get Ryan Matthews more involved. And it came out afterwards that he had a groin injury during this game that he suffered, um, and that's why he didn't get many touches. But going forward, if he's healthy, I think it needs yeah. to be more of a one A one B split with him and Murray. Murray just. I mean, he's moving the chains a couple of yards at a time, but not like Ryan Matthews is with the busting 50, 60 yard runs. Ryan Matthews has been the most effective running back with the, with the carries he's given for the Eagles over the course of the season. And it's not even close. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. Uh, Chip Kelly's going to do what Chip Kelly's going to do, and there's nothing yep. we can do about it. Um, All we can do is sit and watch. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Sproles is, is droppable at this point. He has some PPR value, but you certainly don't know which, which games he's going to get more than, you know, a couple catches here and there. No, if you, if you can, for me, if you can trade Matthews or Murray once they establish value like this, I would, just because it's just so frustrating to me to try and play the game that Chip Kelly's playing. And it's like, I, I know he's not trying to play with fantasy owners, but it's almost as if he's just trying to mess with fantasy owners. Man, what would happen if we all of a sudden found out that like Belichick or Kelly like plays daily and they're just like <laughs> stacking like these little known receivers or running backs like we find out that Coughlin won a million bucks because Orleans Darkler or something. That would be the that what would they, that would have to be called Daily Gate since everything <laughs> the gate now and it would be a massive big big money operation uh, that would result in a large civil suit against uh, against DraftKings uh, or uh, against all these companies and the NFL. Yeah, but um, in this game, it was nice to see that Zach Ertz got uh, a lot more targets. Five for 63, certainly a, a pretty decent day for him. Um, again, Ertz Ryan, Ertz, he's starting to pass up Brent Selleck. Yeah, and uh, Ryan Matthews got involved in the passing game, too. Um, good to see you there. Uh, what are you doing with Jordan Matthews? Oh, I, what can you do with Jordan Matthews? You can't drop him. You can't trade him because you're not going to get anything for him all you can do is is keep trotting him out there to start for you and then hating yourself for it what 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 are the other choices i don't here's here's my thing i don't think you can start matthews until you see a good game from him until you okay. see this offense click more i i you can't trust him i'm not gonna start him yeah i i, I don't disagree but i hope <laughs> you have he, on a lot of teams i could see him being your number one wide receiver i mean what are you gonna do otherwise yeah, the one thing I'll say, there have been rumors online, I don't know how much you can trust them, that maybe he hurt his hand in week two or something. Um, I don't know if I don't know if all of his problems can be blamed on that. He had a couple drops even early on in, in week one. Um, I, just, I just think that this offensive line is still trying to get itself together, and it, until that happens, this whole offense is still going to struggle. Well, I mean, even a blind squirrel finds nuts every so often, and he has no nuts so far. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep keep an eye on uh, on your playoff runs for the Sanchez. Who knows? Yeah, not a bad not a bad look. Yeah. So um, that is going to basically wrap up our recap. Um, recap, cap, cap, cap. <laughs> So we're going to get to a couple priority waiver wire picks, uh, but there's really not much out there this week, is there? Yeah, nobody that we didn't really already mention. Um, Diggs is the top wide receiver going forward. As far as I'm concerned, he's the top wide receiver um, for for uh, Minnesota. Like I said, he may be the most dynamic player on that team. If he's available in any league, 10 team or otherwise, you own him. He needs to be owned. Um, if you're desperate, and I'm talking desperate desperate for running back maybe look at this orleans dark gentleman um i'm not fighting anybody for him like i said i'm not paying for him but if he's sitting there and you're really in a bad way uh maybe you, you had randall and foster or something take a shot i mean what else can you do <laughs> orleans Darkwood gentleman huh well yeah, i guess so right <laughs> how, how about uh how about darren mcfadden esquire then um, Definitely. <laughs> certainly worth a shot uh, again we don't know if randall's gonna miss any time but if he does we've seen what mcfadden can do behind that line finally if they give him more than you know five carries a game 
Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, there's a bunch of tight ends on bye this week. You're, you're missing Julius Thomas, Reed, Ertz, Clay, all out on buys. Um, you know, if you need a tight end, uh, maybe Austin Sferian Jenkins, if he's ready to come back, he may be out there uh, dropped after his injury early on. Um, you know, worth a flyer. Yeah, with Lewis Murphy out, if Vincent Jackson misses any significant time, look for Austin Safarian Jenkins to definitely benefit from that. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm seeing on, on our sheet here that uh, you wanted to talk about uh, some matchups next week, including Miami. Yeah, we've got some good matchups next week, that for sure. Um, for me, even though I like the Patriots, think they're going to win every game they can this season, their defense is an excellent matchup. You will start Tannehill, you will start Lamar Miller, you might start Jonas Gray if you want to go crazy. And for me, you're starting Landry and you're starting Richard Matthews. Um, Richard Matthews, I'm looking for a big week this next week. Then you sell your Richard Matthews stocks. <laughs> yeah, um, and for me, it's uh, one of the great ones is going to be uh, the New York Giants get uh, you know, New Orleans now. Um, man, Odell Beckham certainly uh, struggled a little bit this week, but T.Y. Hilton, four for 150 and two touchdowns this week against New Orleans. Just remember that, Beckham owners, and just go to, go to bed with a smile on your face. Um, yeah. and, and honestly, I, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Ruben Randall got a touchdown and at least 50 yards here, too. Yep. Uh, for me, not to bring up uh, again, but Stefan Diggs, and this does hurt a little bit uh, as, as it's against um, your, your and my Chicago Bears in the Windy City, uh, I think. Um, Adrian Peterson, Stefan Diggs, and even maybe Mike Wallace will all have large games this next week. Uh, Chicago traded basically every defensive starter for a sixth rounder. Yeah, Jared Allen got a sack last night against Philadelphia, so there you go. There you um, go. <laughs> and, and another huge, uh, pretty high-scoring game, I think, is going to be Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, that AFC North showdown. Uh, if, especially, Big Ben is back healthy, ooh, that is going to be a nice game to watch. Uh, if you're looking for Golden Tate to rebound, this will be the week against Kansas City. If he doesn't, uh, I don't know what to tell you about him. Yeah. Um, so uh, what about those not so great matchups there? Well, with McCown hurt and a terrible Arizona matchup, I, I would fade all the Cleveland guys, just like we talked about before. Um, not not going to be a pretty game. Uh, going to be pretty uh, bang up and cinched down. Um, if, if, uh, however, if Manziel's out there, if Arizona gets up big, Look for those targets to uh, Travis Benjamin. Yeah, and again, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show, St. Louis defense must pick up uh, if they're out there, um, especially getting San Francisco at home this week. We've seen St. Louis, what St. Louis did to Cleveland, and we know that they play even better defense against divisional rivals. Um, Colin Kaepernick going into the layer of St. Louis, um, not expecting good things for the Niners, great things for yeah. the Rams defense. Possible lingering injuries with both Bush and Hyde does not, that is not a recipe for success. Yeah. Um, also, um, you know, the, the Indy goes to Carolina, uh, who has a pretty good pass rush. I, I think uh, Andrew Luck is going to be hassled and harried all game. Uh, would not expect huge games again from Hilton. Uh, you know, Josh Norman, as we said, he's a legit, uh, very solid cornerback in this league now. Here's a stat a lot of people probably don't know. During Andrew Luck's times, not counting this past week, I didn't look into this last week, but in all, if counting all the weeks that where Andrew Luck was the starter, Indianapolis was leading the league in quarterback hits by the defensive line. Yeah, and um, you know, here's here's a sneaky one for you. I actually picked up the Green Bay defense in one league uh, while they were on by. 
Um, because I actually think they're, that a defense is a good start against Denver now. Uh, how sad is that? Um, oh, I'm that's, actually that's I'm specifically targeting the Green Bay defense against Denver in Denver. Oh gosh, I, I hope they get lit up just just to spite you and despite the <laughs> our, our 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 friends to the north. I'm just saying, I think it's gonna be a, a good game to watch, but I do think that Peyton gets sacked a bunch and at least picked off at least once in this game. Green Bay's got yeah. a good defense, and Peyton's certainly not doing great right now. I can't tell you with any confidence that I think DT Emmanuel Sanders or Ronnie Hillman will score more than two more than one combined touchdown. Yeah, uh, Denver defense, though, uh, Aaron Rodgers may not be the best. Uh, we'll see if Devontae Adams is back healthy. They could certainly use him for this matchup. Yeah, Den- uh, one of the few times this Denver defense might not uh, score you 10-plus points. One of the few games where Denver's defense might score fewer points than its offense. Yeah, and uh, I think that is going to wrap up our Week 7 show. Uh, as always, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, we know everybody's got lots going on, but uh, for any fantasy advice that you may not have heard here that you want to hear about, uh, feel free to tweet at us. We're always more than happy to answer any questions that you have. You can reach me at FFA underscore M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore Lowe's. We're seven weeks into the season. Uh, if you need to make moves, now is the time to make moves. Trade deadline's coming up in uh, just over a few weeks from now. Uh, if you're if you're on the underside of the win loss column you need to move now well we're, we're less than halfway through the season but we're more than halfway through uh the fantasy regular season um of course feel free to reach out at me on twitter at ffa underscore los and our producer dan at ffa underscore dan on the twitter uh like us on the facebook go ahead into your podcasting app find us in the podcast store and uh for free go ahead and click subscribe so that this uh the the prior episodes and all the future episodes automatically download right to your iphone or tablet so you can listen uh listen at work listen while you're driving listen while you're having fun and having a nice day yeah and just uh two last quick notes um again if you're struggling if you're two and five or something uh you know make some crazy trades uh you know if you don't make the playoffs nothing's gonna happen for you you can't win if you don't make the playoffs feel free to take some risks at this point because what do you have to lose and on the flip side, yeah, you learn, yeah. Yeah, you learn, you go, learn nothing from doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to say on the flip side, too, if you're five and two, um, if you're pretty confident that your team's going to make the playoffs, maybe start looking into some trades that may look like lateral moves, but start looking at those playoff schedules, even if they're, you know, relatively similarly producing wide receivers or running backs. Those last three games, 14 through 16, those weeks are going to count. Yeah, in most leagues, that's exactly where it matters. All right, and uh, that is going to wrap it up for us. As always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.